You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. HuntStand is the most popular and functional mobile hunting app on the market. With a variety of base maps to choose from, satellite imagery that is updated every month, the ability to check the weather, no property information, and even catalog your trail cam picks, HuntStand even gives you the ability to import pins and location markers from other mobile apps. Visit HuntStand.com or download wherever you download your apps. Enter discount code SN20 at checkout for 20% off. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Welcome to the Limhanger Turkey Hunt Podcast, brought to you by Grounded Brand and their new Impact 2.0 Turkey Vest. Get grounded at GroundedBrand.com. The Limhanger Turkey Hunt Podcast strives to bring opinions and discussions from all aspects of the turkey hunting community. From legendary turkey hunters who hunted in military fatigues to the modern day hunters embracing technology while maintaining traditions passed along for generations. All are welcome at this roundtable conversation about one of the wariest creatures in North America, the wild turkey. Y'all stick around, it's going to be a great show. Welcome to the Limb Hanger Podcast. I am Adam Cruz, and I am joined with Parker McDonald in an undisclosed location in Florida. How you doing, brother? I'm doing well. I actually I don't mind disclosing this location because we're just pulled off on the side of the road right now. Uh, at a <laughs> but you did have turkeys gobbling. You know, they are. We uh, we stopped and visited our our buddy Walter from Chasing Tails. We I used his internet um, for some work stuff. And it, by the time we left, it was like right around roost time. And we're not even close to where we're going to be hunting at this week. And, uh, but there was some public land and we were like, you know, it's roost time. Let's go try to see if we can hear a turkey gobble. So we just pulled down this random road. Didn't even look at a map really. Like all we knew was we were on public and got out. Sure enough, dude, hit an owl call and had one gobble twice. He was ways off. So it's not like we got like the chills down our spine, but to go out to just a random spot and hear a turkey gobble, that's pretty freaking cool. I'm freaking but, jealous, man. I've been to Florida like five days. That's it. It's all of turkey hunting in Florida. And I think I've heard like two turkeys gobble. I killed two birds. But that was kind of cool, which it says like, for me, I'm like, I want less turkeys because I feel like I told you, I feel like they're easier to kill, like the less turkeys there are. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm jealous, yeah. man. You guys like just pull over and freaking hoot and getting on them. Oh. And, and, and I've got, I got two guys here with me. We're like, I said, we're just like pulled over. I found service and there wasn't a whole lot of service. I found service by this little campground. I was like, well, this looks like a good spot to do a podcast. So, um, I got, I got Eli and Casey back here with me. They're just hanging out while we do this podcast real quick. But, um, 
yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited about the week. It's going to be a lot of fun. I do want to tell the listeners, like, just be patient with us. This podcast was, uh, we recorded three or four different actual audio, um, pieces at different times. So this podcast has taken place over a three day period. Um, and so our audio is not great right now. I don't have my whole podcast set up here. We're talking on the phone, but, um, man, I, I'm, we're, we're getting close to this, this whole turkey season. It's, it's here, right? Like we're ready. We're in it. There's not a lot that is more disheartening than running into like planning all fall and right before turkey season, you're planning on this hunt, you're looking at maps and you get there and there's 87,000 people also wanting to chase turkeys. And there's just so much potential for, for some bad experiences. And, um, you know, I I mean, that's what this podcast is all about. Trying to avoid those things and learning from people, uh, learning what, hunting ethics really is because i think a lot of people think that they know what hunting ethics are but they don't and i i i I think hunting ethics are i said it in one of these interviews um i think hunting ethics are very comparable to defensive driving when you go to a defensive driving class they teach you about how everybody is doing every somebody else can be doing something wrong you don't want to be caught in the crossfire of that and that to me is, that's what hunting ethics is. It's, it's being smart. At the end of the day, we're out there with weapons most of the time. And you don't know anything about this person that you're, you know, thinking about confronting or whether you're in the right or the wrong, yep. it doesn't matter. So I think hunting ethics works both ways. You can, you can be the guy that gets pissed off and, and goes off and custom people, but you're going to find yourself in some pretty tough situations. And so I'm I'm looking forward to to everybody hearing these these interviews that we've done. I'm it was is a whole lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. It was a, a little bit of work, and I hope everyone can handle like the the audio. You know, we've got some audio issues maybe here and there. I don't think so. Like not none of the ones that I've been a part of. And even right now, you're pretty good. Um, but I think like that ethics thing is like, hey, doing the right thing when no one's looking, right? Like no, when no one else is watching, am I doing the right thing? And as we were talking about gearing up for this particular podcast and talking about the different people we would interview, man, I was thinking about some of the situations I've been in. Like I'll I'll go back to, I think it was a couple of years ago. I had one of my kids in flag football and I needed to be back to the flag football field at 9am on opening day. So I knew exactly where I wanted to go. You know, you and I had actually hunted a place where you had killed a turkey before and so I was like, I was going to hunt that same exact area. I was going to get right in the middle of that place, find a gobbler, you know, that that's gobbling on the roost. And I was going to get to him, man. Sure enough. Like I get up about a hundred yards from the parking lot. I let a, a hoot out rip and I hear a Turkey gobble, like in the perfect spot. He's down by the river. He's in the woods. Like I'm thinking, Oh man, I don't even have to get in the fields with this sucker. So like, I just take off. I go right through this strip of woods and it's a very narrow strip of woods, about 50, 75 yards uh, wide and I'm getting as close as I can to this bird and I set up on this gobbler and I'm probably about 125 yards and he is on the limb gobbling his head off and so I'm calling to him he flies down and he's I'm on one ridge he's on another ridge and he's still gobbling at me and I'm calling to him and finally I'm like all right I'm on limited time span I gotta get close this doggone bird 
So what I do is, man, is I just like, I hit this ditch and I'm just belly crawling, low crawling, just going as fast as I can towards this bird. But I'm like staying as low as I can, trying to be as quiet as I can. And I'm what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get on the same ridge as that bird so I can call him over to me. And I hear a hen just continuously going on, just going off. And she sounds good, man. Like, I'm like, I'm liking what she's throwing down. And I'm thinking, well, I'm going to go right to her. And so he's probably going to come to her as well. So I get up as close as I can to this hen and I stop and I sit up against the tree and I'm like, oh man, that hen, she don't sound so good anymore. She kind of sounds a little funky funk. And it was a dude. I knew right away. <laughs> I knew right away what I'd done. I was that guy. And that guy, I don't know if he came in from the river or if he came from the backside, but either way, like that, that gobbler ended up moving off and I had to make the walk of shame over that dude. And I was like, man. I am sorry. You sounded good. Like you sounded real good. It was like, it's kind of sexy a little bit for a second. And I don't think he thought that was funny at first, <laughs> but he, he was like, he's like, man, he's like, I could just look in his eyes. And he was like, so ticked. Cause I don't know if he had been there earlier than I was, but like, I was that guy that just jacked up somebody's hunt and didn't even realize it. Cause like, for me, like all I can think about is I hear a hen, I hear a gobbler, and I'm so focused on getting in in there in that in that bubble, you know. And I did that, and the the gobbler ended up going away. Um, but at the end of the day, I had a really good interaction with that guy. Like I don't think I did right then. Like I think he was a little mad at me, and I was a little mad at him. I kind of I think I even like messaged you. I was like, this jack leg just ruined my hunt. Probably I ruined his hunt. Uh, but I did meet this guy like a week later and uh, he and I, man, we ended up meeting like a week later. And I think we met like a couple of weeks later after that. And we always shared information. It's like, Hey man, I saw a gobbler over here, saw a gobbler over here. And I can't remember his name now, but like we came buddies over Facebook and like kind of exchanged a couple of messages. So although I was kind of the in the wrong, or I think I was the guy that was in the wrong, we also had a good interaction and we kept a good, um, good relationship afterwards. So really like, as we were talking about like what to do for this particular podcast, it was all about like good interactions and bad interactions. And man, I'm sure you've got some too that, that you had in the woods. Cause you've, you've heck hunted a heck of a lot more, especially in the last few years than I have after these gobblers. For sure. I've had uh, like, like so many of the guys we had on this episode, I've had, I mean, way more good experiences with guys. I find that most of the time, whenever you, whenever you, I think it's up to you, right? You as the hunter, it's up to you to make sure how this situation goes. Like sometimes you're never going to, sometimes you won't win with people. Some people are just difficult and they're mean and they're rude or whatever, whether you're in the right or the wrong of the situation. Like I always try, like what you did with that, with that one, I always try to like apologize, like come at it apologetically. I mean, it's a little bit different when de with deer yeah. because deer, like when you have a spot and you're set up and then somebody sees you and comes in and set, sets up on you, there's not really, there's not really like any wiggle room on who is right or wrong, oh, yeah. right? Like whoever got there first is the person that should be able to hunt there. Um, but turkeys is different because you're always moving, like, like to go in and hunt comfortably, I need to have, you know, 150, 200 acres to myself, you know, to hunt the style of the way that we hunt. And you can't, that you, I, you cannot promise that on public land that you're going to have 150, a hundred, 
even 50 acres to yourself. Um, and so you really have to play this, but I, I can think of one experience that was a really good experience for me. Um, had a few negative run-ins, but nothing crazy. Um, not with hunters. Now I did have a bad inter- interaction with a land with a, like a guy off of a lake, um, like a lake house one yeah. time. He was like yelling, cussing at me and my dad, uh, at four o'clock in the morning. But, um, the positive one, a couple of years ago, I went out to a, a place here in Alabama, or I guess I'm not here in Alabama right now. I went out to a place in Alabama and it was, uh, probably like five or six days after opening day. And I was, I'd already killed a turkey on this trip. And so I was, I was kind of like a no pressure situation. You know, I was, I was feeling good. I'd killed a bird the day before that, like feeling good about myself. So I went out this day and, um, actually found a turkey goblin about nine o'clock and he was gobbling hard to everything. I mean, it was like, he was double and triple goblin. And I was on top of this ridge and the ridge made like an L shape. Right. And I was on one end and he was kind of down in the bottom, um, in the middle of that L, like in the, in the angle of the L and I was on a pretty steep hillside. So I knew that he probably wouldn't come in but that there was a chance, but he was gobbling on his own. Or so I thought I start working my way, like trying to get around him on the other side of this L. And then I hear a hen. Well, I just seen a hen in this same spot and I hear, so I just assume it was her and that that gobbler is still down in the bottom working his way up. And so I'm, I'm just going to town trying to get this hen mad and get her to come over. And she is sticking in the same spot at this point. I can't see her but I can just hear this hen and just crawl a little bit closer. Right. And do it again. And I'm trying to piss her off. And she just, it's like, she's trying to piss me off too. And, uh, I ended up getting so close that I eventually saw a person just like perfectly between the crotch <laughs> of a tree at this guy's head. And I take my camera out. Like, I'm pretty sure that's a dude. Take my camera out and zoom in on it. Sure enough, there's a guy over there. So I get up and walk over there to them and we talk and it was a good conversation that they, they were on the same gobbler. They were just on the other side of the L um, on that Ridge. Well, he ended up working his way off and we stand there, we're talking, you know, and having a good conversation. They're showing me pictures and stuff. Turkeys, they killed. I'm doing the same. We ended up standing there for probably 20 minutes and out of nowhere, we just hear another Turkey gobble on the other side of the L. So on the outside of the L. And one of the guys looks up and he's like, I know y'all heard that. And I was like, I heard it. The other guy said, I don't think I heard it. Then he gobbled again. He's like, I heard it that time. And so we were like, y'all want to go kill this thing? He said, yeah, sure. And so we packed up our stuff, walked over. I mean, he wasn't that far. We had to walk maybe 100 yards, um, got set up on this bird, and we were so close to killing him. Like, he was literally, like, in shooting range we just never saw him so he worked his way off and and we didn't kill that bird had a great interaction though i mean it was really really cool but we stand there again and we're just bs and talking at the same like 10 minutes later a turkey gobbles a long ways away on the other side um and these guys kind of know this property better than i i do i was i was like doing a trip i was on a trip hunt and um so they, they're like, man, that sounds like he's over on that private land. And like, yeah, there's probably not a good chance. Well, then another turkey gobble way off in the, like, 
back on public. He's a long ways away, but he's back on public. And one of the guys' name is Peyton. He looks up. He's like, I'm game. You guys game? <laughs> like, yeah, let's do this thing. Let's go. So we hightail it, all three of us. I don't even know these guys, right? We hightail it through the woods, go and set up on this bird. And then again, this bird is like, I mean, right there, just barely like he, he wanted to come up that ridge and funny story. I ended up killing that Turkey a couple weeks later. Um, but we just couldn't kill him. And so as we're hunting that bird, as we're set up on him, the bird that we heard on the private, like seriously, he had to have been a mile away. He was a long ways away. Uh, he is coming in on a string. He's getting closer and closer and closer. So we all just pivot on our same tree, pivot and point the other direction, right? And this turkey comes up to the top of a ridge and we see him. He's on the top. He comes down and side hills it and gobbles and strut. He's strutting and gobbling, going crazy. And I get a little bit of video of him and then he crests that hill. He goes over the top and then he just stands there and he's gobbling like crazy. So to wrap up this story, um, we end up sitting on this bird for a good hour and a half within 30 yards of him, not being able to see him. And one of the guys, Peyton, is down in the bottom, scratching and walking back and forth and calling. And me and the other guy, we're we're set up, right? I have my camera and I'm set up. We set up on this bird so long that my camera batteries all die. Um, and he's just going nuts. You can hear him spitting and drumming. So we're like, screw it. Let's crawl on him. Like, let's let's try to get closer to this thing. We are in a pretty good situation. And I had pretty much decided that unless the bird was just only in my sites i was gonna let him shoot first and so we we crawl up this this ridge and i look over at him and he starts standing up and shouldering his gun i was like well he sees something i don't see so as soon as he gets to his feet he shoots and misses so i stand up he shoots again i think and turkey keeps running i shoot and i shot him on the run and ended up killing him and it was a it was a really I felt bad, right? Like, I kind of felt like I shot his turkey because he had the shot. But at that point, we're like, you know what? Dude, we're boys. Yeah. We're just trying to kill this bird. Yeah. And we, we had so much fun on that mountain, man. I know he was probably, like, not super stoked about the day because <laughs> he missed his opportunity. But we still talk. I still talk to both of those guys now. That was three years ago. Talk to both of those dudes now. And uh, people can actually watch that watch that video on uh, on the Southern Ground youtube channel is a is a pretty cool one and uh man it, it's just like i said it's all up to the individual how are you going to handle the situation yeah. and i feel like the guy that brody and adrian really yep. kind of take the same that same stance and uh great dude man i'm excited about i'm excited about with this is something we haven't talked about a lot is hunter ethics yeah especially not from this perspective Man, I'll tell you what, like, I encourage everyone, the seasons are opening up across the country, like, pretty soon, like, maybe, like, in the south, for sure, you know, you'll have Florida opening up, the Mississippi, um, Alabama, and then some of the other states, but you're going to run into other hunters on public land, like, all you got to do is just talk, and have an open mind, and try to go over there, and, and not, not with the intention that everybody's trying to ruin your hunt, but just talk through it. And you might develop lifelong friendships just by communication, right? Just like having good communication and talking to one another. So I hope everyone kicks off their season in a, in a fantastic way. I hope you don't run into any hunters. Like when we go down to Florida, like I hope we're the only ones on our trailheads, right? But if we do uh, go over there, shake their hands and, and say, hey, man, where are you going? 
this is where I'm going. And if you're here first and it's a smaller piece, just freaking go somewhere else. That's the right thing to do. And you can talk crap about them when you get back to camp. Oh. Just don't talk crap about them right then. Yeah, and we'll everybody's, talk crap about them on the podcast. Everybody's a, everybody's a FUD unless they're in your group, right? Yeah, yeah, we'll talk bad about them <laughs> on the podcast for sure. Like, like if I don't kill anything <laughs> next week and somebody – I, I feel like somebody got my spot, but, man, I, I had that bird peg, you know? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I was going to kill him. <laughs> I was going to. Oh, shoot. Oh, man, this has been fun. Let's get our guests on. That sounds good to me. All right, guys, on the line with us now, we have a man of many hats. We got Brody Swisher, the editor for bowhunting.com. He's a host of the Hunting Roots podcast and YouTube channel. Um, Brody, how's it going up there in, uh, in Tennessee? Man, we are doing fine. Doing good, dude. Good to be with you guys. Absolutely. I would say, are you looking for turkey season's almost here, but they done move y'all's dates back a little bit this year. Yeah, dude, it's killing me. I got to looking at that earlier. And I was thinking, man, usually we're fired up for, you know, an upcoming youth hunt at this time of the year, and we're all tore up and excited and weeks away. And I think we're like at the the month mark still, three weeks, four weeks. And so yeah. it's just it's kind of, it's disheartening to say the least. My kids are just chomping at the bit. I'm like, man, we're going to have to go somewhere else and get in on some other action elsewhere. Man, I hear you. It's uh, it is tough. I'm glad. I'm glad states are doing it, but it does make it really hard when you're used to hunting turkeys in March, um, yeah, or close to March or the beginning of April for y'all in Tennessee. It does make it tough. But so what we're yeah. doing here and uh, with, with this series is we're we're talking about public land hunting ethics, and yeah. what better way to talk about hunting ethics than sharing our worst and best experiences with other hunters on public land. So I'm curious, Brody, do you have a worst and best encounter with another hunter on public land? My gosh, dude, I've got, I've got so many, unfortunately, I've got so many worst case scenario kind of thing. And I, I don't know. We'll start, I, you want to start worse or you want to go best? I mean, what, what, what hey, are we going to do here? Listen, let the Lord lead you. I don't care. That's right. Well, <laughs> that, that's, uh, that's just it, man. I, I love Jesus. But the the public, you know, I love Jesus, but the the public land hunting sometimes gets the best of me. I'm going to be honest with you. I still love to shout at some folks on public land. That's what my problem is. Uh, now, seriously, though, I I love it. I love hunting public ground. Uh, but there's been there's been way more tough scenarios and those encounters that I wish I'd have done something different. Um, uh, the one that comes to mind, man, this past year, this past fall, I, mean, I, I shared about it before, and this is this is going back to deer. So I'm going to throw it in just because it was kind of how it is. And I think it's one of those that will definitely teach people. And it taught me the lesson, but man, I had a, I had a dude walk in on me and, and I was already in there, got in there before daylight doing my thing, um, set up and, and just, I was in a squirrel hunt. I was in there squirrel hunt doing my thing, squirrel hunt that morning, late season. And dude walks in, I hear something coming and, and, uh, dude walks in, I look over about 40, 50 yards from him and, I'm sitting there popping away on squirrels, having my big time. And then dude walks in and here he comes. And I heard him kind of try to whisper, shout something, you know, like whisper it, but also yelling it. And I, I thought he said, I'm going to get, I'm going to leave. Or I'm going to go back out this way. And so I just kind of ignored it. I was like I said, I'm fixing to shoot some more squirrels, man, and doing my thing. And then next thing I hear is some clanging and banging. I look over and dude's climbing up a tree 50 yards away. 
And so I finally was like, I'm that's yeah, I'm done, man. He's climbed up a tree right next to me. I'm in right here in and his bow range, gun range, whatever. And so I kind of start easing out and doing my thing, get out of there and shooting squirrels and letting him know I'm here. I'm trying to scare any deer that might be in the world out so he doesn't shoot at me or whatever. But um, anyway, I'm like, dude, this guy's crazy. He's in the wrong. He's, you know, all this stuff. And then I go on out and it, at his truck, I, I leave a note. I thought, this is justified. I'm, I'm leaving. I'm leaving a note for this sucker right here. I'm going to leave a note on his windshield. And I even thought about taking a picture of it. I'm thinking this is going to be a good story. I'm on all the stuff. And I just told him, dude, way too close. Not safe for me, not safe for you. Thousands of acres, just keep trucking next time. Well, it's all good until I get this message. And I talked about it in our podcast, you know, about next couple of days or whatever. Just kind of shared the story. Well, man, I get a Facebook message from a buddy and he's like, dude, what's up with that, man? You know, and he's like, I'm so-and-so's friend and, and it's a mutual friend of ours. And he's like, man, he's just kind of like, what in the world? He said, you should have shared the whole story. And I'm like, man, he tells me who this guy is. And I'm like, oh crap. I didn't, I knew of this guy. Well, I get to talk about it. I said, I told my wife, I said, Hey, this is so-and-so turns out that was so-and-so. And I'm not going to name his name, but she just, her mouth drops. And she said, that's my friend's new husband. And <laughs> finds out it's, she's friends with that dude's wife. And then he turns out he works here in the town. Everybody knows him. And I, all my buddies start saying, dude, you know who that was? And so I had to kind of back up and, and be like, dude, apologize. I thought you were in this different situation. And we kind of went back and forth a little bit, all, all adult-like and stuff. But it was just another classic example of, yes, he was too tight, too close. But instead of me going over and saying, hey, man, we're awfully close and addressing, I leave a little note at the truck and, kind of popped off and showed my attitude or whatever. And, oh, uh, it was one of those, it was a classic example. I Man, just go over there and say something, meet the guy, get along, figure it out, work it out and express that. Um, it was too small a town for, for that, you know, so to be leaving notes on the truck, like I said, dude, dude knew about half the folks in town. So it's one of those, one of those encounters. Um, there's like, dead gum. I should just said something, talked it out, worked it out, whatever. So that was kind of goofy. And, uh, like I said, man, small town. Everybody yeah. knows everybody here. Uh, and so that that kind of happens. I've done some of those things where uh, I had a guy yelling at me uh, from side of the road going into the public. You can't hunt here. And he was uh, he had the least joining the public piece I was going on to. And, of course, I'm, he's hollering at me from the road as I'm walking in. I'm hollering back. He's saying, you can't hunt here. And I'm like, yes, I can. He said, I'm calling the game warden. I said, dude, I go to church with the game warden. Call him right now. And he does. He calls him and then. My game warden buddy texted me a few minutes later, said, dude, that didn't take long for you to get crap stirred up here. And so, uh, like I said, man, it's one of those things I'm learning. I'm 46, it's 46 years old, but still learning. Just talk and work through with these guys and don't be going at it like you're enemies, but take it as, man, we're on the same team. We got to work it out. Public land, private land, whatever. We got to figure out how to get along and figure out where we'll be. And that, that one situation with that guy, he did. He said, man, I didn't realize you know, you were in here and this was spot you've been hunting. I'll figure out and ease on over next time I see your truck. And so it all worked out, but that was kind of a couple of crazy situations there on, uh, just some public land encounters that kind of the worst to the worst, uh, as far as that goes, man, it, it's funny as you're talking about this, like there were things that that guy did wrong. There's things in there that I, I believe you recognize that maybe you didn't do wrong, but it was kind of 
the passive aggressive way of doing it or maybe yeah. not maybe not the best way to handle it right um, right and it that's that's another outlook that we really haven't thought about with this podcast too is like handling yourself even when somebody else does you wrong you know what i mean mm-hmm. like that's that at the end of the day we're all out there with weapons and i mean for the for the lack of there there is law right but people can do what they want for the most there's not a game warden watching them every minute of the day um yeah man i've I've had situations where i'm like either i can handle this how i want to how i feel like handling this but also that guy has a gun you know what i mean so i probably shouldn't handle it the way that i want to uh and so you really have to tiptoe around like there's it's it's kind of like uh going to a defensive driving class right defensive yep. driving is to learn how to be defensive not offensive yep. um yep. other people are not going to drive well how do you stay alive you know what i mean and yep. and public land yep. is, is just the same way so Brady, would would you tell us a, a really good experience that you had on public land yeah absolutely my first year of college or i guess my second year of college going to school up in virginia liberty university and I'd gotten permission. It's, it's a piece of private, but it's, I don't know how they did a kind of a cooperative program or whatever. And it's pretty much open to the public. You, you go in and kind of like we did out West, you sign in and, and it's kind of anybody can have at it. Um, and so semi-private, semi-public, whatever you want to call it, but it had a lot of people on it, but I thought, you know what, turkey season, I don't know. We're going in there. I'd never killed a turkey before. First, second year of college, like I said, and back in the mid nineties, and I get in there, and a couple of days of scouting, dude, I heard birds everywhere, man. I, like the day before, was, I heard 13 birds. I'll never forget it, man. 13 gobblers just wanted to start off on the mountainside with just roar with gobblers, just 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 chain reaction. It was just crazy. So I go in there the next morning thinking, man, I got this place for myself. There ain't nobody scouting. There's nobody here. It's mine. This is going to be awesome. And get in there the next morning, and I run into the guy right off the bat. Here come headlights everywhere, and just like, oh, my gosh, these people all knew about this spot, and whatever but man i meet this dude and and a, a mutual friend's like man we got to figure something out this guy pulls up and man this this just good old boy from louisiana just your classic redneck from louisiana gets out and and i could just tell man he, you know turkey hunters got that look about them man they've got that look that they um they ain't got to wear the spur necklace around their neck to know that this dude's killed some turkeys just the way they talk the way they carry themselves and the way they spit their dip, whatever it is, man, you could tell this sucker was a flat-out turkey killer. He gets out, and he's like, man, y'all were here first. What do you want to do? And I said, man, I said, what about just getting together? There's a bird right up here, I know. And he said, let's do it. So we got together, and I, like I said, man, he had the turkey vest just right. He had it all. I mean, I knew without hearing anything from him on the call, I could tell. And sure enough, we just decided instead of fighting against each other, calling against each other, we decided let's get together, run up this hill. And like I said, man, I just turned it over to him, and he gets to calling. Bird's gobbling, he gets to calling. Had that slate call, and he was doing his mouth call, and he was just tag-teaming mouth call and and slate call. Bird flies down the mountain, and he just marches him right back up. He's calling as this sucker, marching right back up the mountain. And uh, Bird comes up there, man. It's early, early. And uh, just, just, like I said, legal shooting time's come, but it's just still dark in the timber. But I could hear that bird just crunching the leaves marching up the mountain there. And he comes up to us and dude says, hey, man, you better kill him. And when he clears out, I shoot him and we all just go running. Turkey's flopping down the mountain. We're running down the mountain. I remember that dude from Louisiana grabs that turkey by the leg and 
grabs him so hard, picks him up to show me, you know, he knew it was my first bird and actually broke the turkey's leg. I got the, I got the leg sitting here on my shelf, but snapped the turkey's leg, if you can believe that, it was just the, so, the force of us all tumbling down the mountain. And that was my first turkey. Dude, that was my first long beard, my first turkey period going to school up there in college. And it was with this guy. And I always think about that, man. I could have I could have said, man, crap on you. You go somewhere else. I was here first. I got this spot and shine my light at you, whatever. But instead, we said, hey, let's do this together, man. He was gracious enough to come alongside and call this bird for me. And um, and so, yeah, man, it, it started off, like I said, that's my first turkey there. And it came because we were working together, tag teaming instead of, you know, fighting against each other and him trying to call. He would have certainly called him off of me. Uh, because he was a heck of a caller and if he'd have set up across the ridge or the mountain or whatever he'd have, it'd have been just us going against each other and so that's where it paid off and man i thought back over the years you know especially with turkey you know man why not get together uh why not get together and hang out have a big time learn from each other and, and just tag team effort instead of fighting against each other on it and, and just the benefits from that and i learned so much from him and his calling total stranger man meeting there in the dark at 4 30 in the morning uh, but it worked out, and that's one of those public land stories, just of tag team and working together instead of fighting against each other. That's good stuff, Brody. Thanks so much for coming on, man. Absolutely. Good to be with you guys once again. Uh, we're doing this episode on ethics, right, on public land. And as we're thinking about people who could potentially have a pretty interesting story to tell on this, like you guys are – among the top, right? Like y'all are doing this. Mm -hmm. Like you just said, y'all get to do this for a living. Um, mm -hmm. And you, you particularly, I think within this conversation, we're going to ask you to tell your greatest, like, like the, the best and worst encounters you've had with other hunters on public land, a guy with your hunting style that is just like all, you're kind of like every WMA's worst nightmare, right? <laughs> like you're all over the place. And I'm sure that has probably been, You've probably gotten you into some situations, but also you get into some situations where you get to meet some cool people. So Zach Farrenball from the hunting public, would you share with us your best and worst experiences on public land with other hunters? Yeah. So I got a few that have been coming to mind here and I've really, I guess, never had anything that has been, at least in recent years, nothing pops into my mind that has been really uncomfortable i think for the most part if i even begin to see that somebody's you know grumpy about a situation or whatever i just say hey let's do something else to me it's not worth arguing about it i know that you know there's another spot out there so if i if it's ever a deal where things kind of get weird i just bail and all these stories at, at least i think were are that but the first one was um there was this spot in a really hilly terrain that we were going to turkey hunt and it was me and my buddy keith and we got up super early and there was a trail that went way back into this piece and i'm talking this isn't just a piece this isn't like a corner where it runs into private this is like tons of land I would be willing to bet that it was thousands of acres with all kinds of ridges and terrain and where we were going in between the road that we accessed from and I guess the next access point, 
it really wasn't even a road that um i guess ran parallel it was like a road kind of came in and then you would have to cross a creek to come in from that way so it's one of these deals where it's like as long as there's nobody parked on this road we should be fine and um we were we were trying to decide where to go in and there was a trail that ran from the road on top all the way back in there and we realized that instead of walking the whole trail we could just park below the trail cut up and it would save us some distance it would be a little bit uphill but save us some distance but to make sure nobody was there we specifically drove past the access point where like the gated you know trail was where most people would access and I was like well there's nobody there so we parked and this isn't a matter of like somebody pulled in there right after us and beat us in there it was a deal where they must have been dropped off but we walk up get on the trail we're hoofing it it's well before daylight and we're going fast one of those deals where you're just trying to get ground covered to be able to you know listen to a specific spot at daylight and we're making our way back there and a headlight pops on and I'm like oh like didn't expect that and anyway I walk back there and honestly I'm fully expecting to have the typical uh public land experience where it's like hey guys like what's going on like you know uh, and it'd be pretty friendly ordeal which is honestly the majority of them uh, always has been and right away you can tell there's like a di little bit different there's no like friendly greeting and again I'm telling you guys this is tons of land where it's like it would be so easy to just be like yeah we're gonna go like this back this direction on this ridge you know if you guys are wanting to go that way or whatever so basically I say something along the lines of like hey guys like you know where'd you guys park you know we like we didn't see anybody parked on the trailhead and they just gave us this real standoff answer it didn't really say anything and and it was like you know which direction are you guys planning on going and they kind of just like said well we're hunting all this back here and it was just like pretty much at that point it's just like I'm out like and I'm pretty sure that's what we did it's like all right guys well good luck and just bailed out of there and it's it's funny because we bail out and this was this was the COVID year so this would have been like March of 2020 and uh we pull out of there and then you know plan b doesn't play out plan c and the next thing you know plan b and c i think we listened kind of from the road where we knew there was some turkeys and didn't hear anything and then we start kind of driving just looking for places to walk in and it was one of these deals where it's just like every single pull off there's people and it's just like man like we were hoping to walk back in there put a little bit of extra effort into this spot and it just it just wasn't playing out and I, I'll, I'll be completely honest I was definitely getting frustrated at the lack of options you know now that you know we were late that of course now we're late and everything's just not playing out and finally we find this pull-off where there's nobody there and there's a decent bit of land but it runs into private and long story short we hear some birds but they're over on the private so we end up taking a finger ridge out to where we can set up like 80 yards away from the line. And there's one bird, he's probably 600 yards away from us. And there's another one that's like 300 yards away from us, 400 probably. 
and they're like way down across the valley up on this private land we can't get any closer and i don't like hunting this way when they're that far away i want to make a move it's just the aggressive nature that i like to hunt it's like let's get up there well keith and i set up and call and i think one of them responded a time or two but i mean again just like so far that i'm like this is irrelevant it doesn't even matter it's just this faint gobble we fall asleep probably an hour goes by and all of a sudden i'm kind of like you know feeling real groggy and just lethargic and all of a sudden i hear a gobble but like a kind of a strange sounding gobble and then i hear wings batten and it's like right out of sight like you know 80 100 yards kind of close to where i expect you know that they're just just about to cross onto public sure enough i wake keith up we're sitting there and he gobbles one time and i never called again if, if i remember right i don't think i ever called again maybe maybe i did i guess it doesn't really matter regardless bird comes in shoot him and after all that it's like it works out in in our favor so i guess my dad always used to say whenever something seems like it's going wrong keep positive because like yeah. that's something good happens and that's exactly what happened that day um, so that sounds like to me if i'm if i'm hearing it right and and i have so many of these situations that are pretty similar right it's like the the bad the bad day the really bad day is usually the best day you know yeah yep. um mm-hmm. but it kind of sounds like your best and worst kind of happened that same because that is a cool you know that's a really neat way like an uh public land was crowded with so many people that kind of directly affected your decision making Mm -hmm. and kind of maybe forced you to stay in an area a little bit longer than you would have given it time originally yeah i would have first off i was obviously never even going to be in that spot second off i would have never been that patient had those turkeys been on private or public land and yeah, I think just all of it playing together just just goes to show that a positive attitude is more important than because we because we didn't have a positive attitude the whole time. But I do remember hearing those turkeys and finally just, you know, finally finding the spot where there was nobody hunting. And it was like, you know, at least we have this. It's going to be OK. Even if it doesn't work out today, there's going to be tomorrow and the next day. And then, you know, it's like it'll be fine. We're going to hunt again. And I think. It's easy. It's definitely easy for me in those situations to like in the short term get worked up about something. And I mean, I have a lot of energy and I'm very excited and I'm positive a lot of the time, but that doesn't mean that I don't have my, you know, frustrating moments as well. The thing that I think is lucky for me is I do turn them around quickly so I can be really angry and frustrated and whatever but then it's just like in 20 minutes I'm fine again and I think that's I don't let things linger for too long but I definitely have my waves war boys jokes because like Zach's just up and down up and down up and down it's like just really extreme waves when when I'm frustrated about something but you know, for the most part, if you can keep that positive attitude, it works in your favor. That's um, uh, that's good to. I'm I actually I think because you said that I like you more, Zach, about your <laughs> waves because like from just the somebody looking in, I'm like, how can you be that positive all the dang time? Because I know I. Ain't. So it's nice to hear you say like, nope, actually, 
I do get upset. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely do. And I think that it's, you know, my, my friends that I hunt with a lot, they would definitely say, yeah, I have a quick, a quick turnaround one way or the other. Like I can be smiling and happy in one second and then growled you know that's something the next second and then right back to happy i mean it's just it's it's been my whole life i mean i can snap it on snap it off i can do it on purpose if i want for that matter but it's pretty it's a it is a it's kind of unique i would say unique personality type where it's like again for the most part i can stay pretty positive but man you know how it is though it's just like some something starts you start thinking about something too much or like a good example would be i shot a uh didn't shoot i missed a buck in in south dakota last year 2021 and i was i turned to keith and i high five him i'm like that was awesome and it was but then as the day went on i definitely had my like you know two hours later then i'm sitting there thinking about i'm like man I kind of just made a better shot and then you start letting it and then I'm <laughs> but then an hour later I'm back to yeah happy again. So yeah, well, I, can, I can totally be like totally bipolar when it yeah. comes to like uh public hunting because on one hand, like if I drive by a WMA, like if I'm not even hunting and I see a truck parked there, I'm like, man, I hope that dude goes and kills one. That's awesome. But mm-hmm. if I go in that same WMA to go find a spot, I'm like that SOB is in that exact spot I wanted to go to. <laughs> yeah. And I think it was, uh, I think it was Ranella that said, there's two kinds of people in the world. There's the people in your party or in your group and those SOBs over there. <laughs> yeah. Those are the two different kinds of people. That's what I think about like all the time when I go to public hunting land, like, yeah, there's the people in my group and then those SOBs. I hope, I hope they just get out of my way. Cause yeah. I'm such a hypocrite. <laughs> They're all oh, yeah. the same. They're all the same. Every yeah. other than the guys in my group now yeah everyone else didn't listen to any podcasts and they don't understand going deep they they walk in with the wind at their back you know like that's that's everyone else oh yeah dude and it's it's funny too because i have this i have this thing where you know talk about hypocritical i don't I, i mean i'll say it because i I want everybody to know that I'm totally joking when I say this, but I always pick on like, I'll, I'll always pick a state like at the time and I'll just like kind of pick on that one state. Cause they're, cause they're guys that are traveling. So like the one that I yeah. do all the time in deer season is there's some Wisconsin guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. We pulled up and sure enough, some Wisconsin guys pulled up there because <laughs> like, because Wisconsin guys are always out traveling and hunting, which is super that's cool. How, and, and that's how Arkansas you know, guys are in the South. That, I was that's what I was about to say. Yeah, I was about to say that too, especially during hunting. turkey season. Yes, like it's always I mean, the Arkansas guys that are causing all the problems. <laughs> yep. Blame it on an Arkansas guy. Like, oh yeah, it's probably Arkansas. Arkansas guy came and bumped them off the roof. They barely got any turkeys over there. You can't blame them for but I, but I don't. traveling. <laughs> But I don't mean that either because right. here I am the the non-resident everywhere, yeah. right? Like like I'm only ever on like, you know, about two weeks of hunting in the state that, you know, I'm a resident in every year anyway. So it's like I don't actually mean that. I just I just think it's funny and mostly funny because it's ironic because I'm such a hypocrite for saying those <laughs> things. But yeah, the Wisconsin guys get the the bad the bad heat and the you know, depending on where I'm at, because if you're out like in the West, Wisconsin and Minnesota, everywhere. And then it's like, yeah, if you're down South, it's the Arkansas guy. And then if you're 
if you're in New York, it's like, you know, Vermont, New Hampshire, you know, whatever. It's just so you can just pick on whatever state you want. So if you ever hear me doing that in the background or like making that joke in the video, that's that's the joke is that I'm I think it's funny because it's ironic. And people and some people probably don't ever pick it up. They just think like oh, Zach they, actually yeah. saw Wisconsin. Man, Zach's man, Zach really hates Wisconsin, guys. <laughs> I'm sure that like gets misread all the time or stuff like that, you know. But. Well, Zach, we want to respect your time, man. We're being real quick on these ones, but I, I thought that was great, man. I really appreciate you coming on, and yeah, uh, I know you, you you've got some uh, changes happening this spring, right? We're not going to see you yeah. nearly as much. Yeah, at least at least for the next, I'd say month for sure. I have surgery tomorrow morning on my knee, so. Yeah. I'll be honest, I'm pretty nervous about it. I've never had a, I shouldn't say never. I had some small surgeries that I went under for like my uh, wisdom teeth, teeth and my tonsils, one. but the tonsils one, I don't even remember. Yeah. Wisdom teeth, I barely remember at this yeah. point. So I'm, I'll be honest, I'm, I'm pretty nervous and I'm like been doing all the physical therapy things like, you know, every day, making sure I get all that done and working really hard at trying to get back and you know i guess that's really all i can do and as far as that goes it's like i sent to you in the text it's like doing doing the type of stuff i like doing you're always risking getting hurt and whether that's hunting or i was skiing when i did this but like whether it's hunting or skiing or hiking or running or whatever it may be i just have always had in the back of my mind there's a really good chance dude at some point you're gonna hurt yourself and you're gonna have to miss a season and that's gonna have to just be okay and i think because i had that mentality for so long now that it's here it's helped for sure and um you know i also know that that opens up different opportunities and if i keep that in mind i think you know it'll it'll all be it, it is okay i i the biggest problem is, is I can't go do the things I want to, which is an escape from the everyday sitting inside, sitting at the computer, but we'll get back soon enough. <laughs> Heck yeah, man. Well, thanks for coming on. Adrian, man, thanks for joining the podcast. Brother, glad to be here. Cool, man. Well, hey, we've all had a good and probably – well, not everyone's had a good experience with other hunters on public land, but I can guarantee you that anyone that has hunted public land for any amount of time has had a bad experience with other hunters. So we wanted to bring you on tonight and just kind of, you, you know, you've hunted public land for a lot of years. Tell us about a good and a bad experience with other hunters on public land. Just give us a story, man, and how that all kind of went down, if you could. Well, talk to me. You want good or bad first? Because, let's let's do uh, bad. More, I, more, I the bad. more, more, more good. All right, all right. So I've got way more good than bad. Public land hunting is amazing, and uh, if you uh, determined to take that route, uh, you can put yourself in a, a phenomenal situation to be on a lot of birds or deer if you're deer hunting. But uh, Okay, let's 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 start with the bad. So uh, this was actually early on in my public hand public excuse me public land experience. So um, I was set up uh, after scouting birds, watching them roost the night before. I was with a buddy, and 
we we made some mistakes here, so I'll, I'll take some uh, uh, the brunt of some of the the, the negativity. But um, we decided to hide our vehicles so nobody would know where we were actually hunting at. So that's not necessarily a good thing on pole clan because if other hunters see your vehicles, they'll like more than likely kind of make a, a decision on to keep going or to hunt around you, whatever. We were on a uh, actually a small parcel and we thought it was kind of limited to our own knowledge and not a lot of other hunters knew about it. So that's why we decided to hide our vehicles. So we uh, set up, we'd watched these birds uh, previously. Um, we, the corner of a small field, we watched these birds roost uh, from that field and fly up. And so the next morning we were on the other side of the field and uh, from our uh, homework, we've watched them walk like straight across from us. So anyway, we uh, set up and we had two guys walk in uh, just at first light. And I kind of whistled at them. They were within 15 yards. Um, they had no clue we were there. Uh, once I whistled, they acknowledged that they saw us. And uh, they, uh, uh, bottom line is they said, look, we know you guys are here and uh, we're here to hunt birds. And they proceeded to walk across the field that we were expecting the birds to fly down to and shoot them out of the trees. Um, obviously, it's legal, but like frowned upon to do that. And uh, we we cut out. We decided to leave and get out of there. Uh, my buddy was like, you know, hey, these these guys, uh, we'll, we'll stay here and see what they do. And I I was pretty angry. Like I'm I'm non confrontational. I don't want to uh, have any kind of negativity, I guess, is what I'm looking for. And uh, these, these guys shot birds off the roost based on where we were sitting at, and they knew that we were hunting these birds, and they said that they, they've driven an hour, hour and a half, give or take, to hunt birds, and they decided to walk across the field and shoot them out of the trees. So that was... That was it. Like I, I had such a uh, angry and bad taste in my mouth that I, I I needed to leave. I didn't want to see what they came away with. I, I have no clue. They 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 could have missed. They they might not have shot a single bird, but the uh, respect factor of we beat them to the punch, uh, regardless of you know uh, it, it was their spot or not. We were we were there. They knew it, and they walked across the field and shot the, the birds out of the tree. I'm assuming uh, just based on what transpired. And uh, I, was, I was very disappointed. Uh, obviously, I know it's hunting uh, public, public lands, but uh, sportsmanship uh, prevails for me. I know not everybody's going to do as I do or Think like I think, but it was it was it was a definite slap in the face. Couple of things, man. First of all, uh, you mentioned in the beginning that uh, 
you didn't have you you haven't had many negative interactions on public land and as parker and i talked about guests to bring on and we talked about you i said i bet adrian has not had many negative experiences because of the type of guy he is because he's very um not not just overly laid back but you know I think he's not out there to create confrontation and he's out there for all the right reasons. And I bet he hasn't had many <laughs> negative experiences, but when somebody comes in and just blasts a bird, out of, a gobbler out of the tree, I mean, there ain't much you can do about that. That's just, that's piss poor. A sportsmanship, you know? Yeah. You know, obviously it, it's definitely legal. It, it is. There, there's no uh, question about that. They, you know, uh, here in Tennessee, especially. So, well, hang on a second. If if they go them from a tree to a tree, right? That's that's legal in Tennessee. They got to like the gobbler has to yeah. move from one tree to the other tree, and then it's legal to shoot it out of the tree. Uh, and you at this point are speaking on things that I don't even know. Um, it is my so. my knowledge is. No, no, and I, I believe that my knowledge is, uh, you know, birds, birds in the tree, and he's there uh, in legal shooting hours. You can shoot that bird. That's 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 my extent, and I've never done that. I would never do that anyway. I want them to hit to uh, hit the ground. Um, so maybe that's where my uh, uh, missed knowledge, I guess, is. But like, once that bird hits the ground. He's yeah. he's free game for me, uh, legal or not. That's that's just ethics for me. So um, I'd recommend uh, anybody you know, don't shoot a dog on bird like, out of the tree, right? Like don't do it, legal or not, just don't do it. Right, right, right. It, it's kind of like uh, ethically, you know, can you use decoys or not decoys? I've I've done both and killed birds. So uh, it depends on the, the the person and their demeanor and what they think. Um, based on that um but yeah i'm I'm not i've never and i will not shoot a bird out of the tree regardless all right man we need to back up for one second and i i think you said why but like why in the world did you guys hide your vehicles like i want like five vehicles out there at the gate you know like keep people out of here like i want to let as many people know uh that this is crowded don't come here why, why were you guys hiding your vehicles i'm just curious very blown up public land and we're trying to hide the fact of, that we are there um and our thought process is is if if people are seeing our vehicle because i'm not one to park in the main parking spot like i'm not going to the the big uh lush parking lot where everybody parks to go kill their deer or turkey or whatever i'm typically finding an alternate route that's going to suit me and what I'm after. Um, so we 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 up we up ourselves here. Um, we didn't want anybody to see us, and uh, that actually burned us. And uh, at the you know you have at the same time like guys that are uh, unethical. I mean, I don't know what what else to to say there. They're unethical for going to shoot those birds off the limb, even though they knew we were on these birds. They said, "Hey, we're here to hunt," and uh, we came from X amount of uh, miles away. 
we're, we're here here to kill. And um, I, there's so many so many things I would have done differently on this hunt. This this was really early on on uh, in my hunting uh, pug land, and uh, I would have changed so many things just knowing what I know now. Well, let's pivot for a second. Give us a story where you had like a really good experience on public land with other hunters you've ran into. Um, oh, that's, that's, that's easy. Uh, with, with, uh, turkey hunting, obviously they're gobbling. I have bumped or other hunters have bumped me in the process of getting after a gobbling bird. And we have double teamed, like, at the, I'm there to kill, right? I am. That's that's why we're there. But like my nature as a person is to um, help other hunters, other people, and uh, I've run into many. This this isn't just one instance. I've run into many hunters that are willing to cooperate, or that's maybe even a bad word. Cooperate, um, willing to. Collab, yes, sir, go. Parker. Great work. Co- collaborate. At the end of the day, we're we're there to have fun and and to kill things. And so, I I take a lot of uh, joy out of other hunters uh, being able to harvest their deer, turkey, whatever. And uh, I've had a lot of good experiences where I've shown up and another hunter comes in or. Uh, I'm there and I think I'm out of the way because I parked X amount of yards or miles away and we end up on the same bird and we formulate a plan to, uh, to kill the bird. I've been on both ends of that. Like I've, I've had other, other hunters that have killed the bird. And then there's times that, that I've killed the bird. And at the end of the day, it, it's a great feeling. Like there's nothing like for me uh to be a part of a kill whether i've done it or somebody else uh else has and we've we've put together a plan and uh we we've executed and uh we've killed the bird and and it doesn't matter if it's me or somebody else like it's 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 for me it's a great feeling well, man, I appreciate it. You're uh, honestly, you're one of the better guys that I've ever met in the woods, uh, in the hunting industry, whatever you want to say. So, just overall, man, Adrian, you're you're a good dude. So, I appreciate what you do, what you stand for, and I'm sure, like, if we were to run in each other and you were, you know, shooting my birds, it'd probably be a decent interaction, like you have. Yeah, I mean. It- it, it would. I, I love shooting Adam's birds. Like if I know where <laughs> yeah, they're at, do. I'll go kill them all. <laughs> go kill one. You uh, now I you know. Adam birds out of the tree. <laughs> I love like like I, I I get great joy just thinking about it right now. I'm so giddy knowing that hey, this is Adam's bird. He spotted it. He knows where it's at. I I went and killed it, and then that night I get to go camp in my tent next to Parker McDonald. And we have a fantastic, fantastic fire. And it's just the camaraderie is amazing. Really, really quick story. Last year, I think it's like, I don't know, early May, mid-May. I'd been after like one or two gobblers and just hanging out in the same field. I got so close to one gobbler. I called him up 300 yards away. He had roosted down by the river. Um, 
I had, I was very under very like short amount of time. So anyways, I didn't make a move on him. I was like, Hey, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to call a couple of times this bird, just see what happens. This doggone bird comes across the field, hooks up with a hen, ends up circling around. Like I can hear this thing spitting and drumming the hens four yards away. And I don't get a shot at this, this <laughs> gobbler. And then the next, the very, a couple of days later, Parker texts me or calls me and says, man, I, I don't know how to tell you this, but I'm pretty sure Adrian just shot your gobbler. <laughs> and I was like, what? and uh i ended up i ended up calling you and we we talked about it and and sure enough you had and then uh i think one of your buddies had went in and killed the other one i was like well that gum uh, i called i called your buddy up and I said, man is there any birds left over there and he said i think there's one i was like oh my gosh i'm just gonna let him go <laughs> so i thought that was good man but if anybody's gonna kill my turkeys i'm glad it's you adrian well i i appreciate that but Truth be told, we had no clue we were even hunting the same area. And uh, Catman and I went in. Uh, I killed one on, like, say, a Saturday. He killed on Sunday. And then talking to Parker about the uh, terrain, we realized that we were in the same area. And uh, at first, I, I, I kind of had a little uh, negative feeling about it. But then when I heard it was Adam's bird that he was after, like, half of the season – I could Damn, not man. be more pumped because I, I, I like I'm not one to steal, but I was so glad I stole your bird. I, I tell you what, you know honestly, what? Just, I could have wrote a book about that bird. I honestly could have. <laughs> I tell you what, Adrian, you almost gave Adam a compliment. Like, if there's like the fact that Adam couldn't kill that bird made it that much more special because that had to have been a really smart bird. <laughs> dude i so, literally have him spitting and drumming 10 yards away and didn't kill him like he just was a thorn in my side don't i'm, I'm serious 10 well, well, stinking yards well it, it, if that was actually your bird which there, i mean there were there were yeah. three birds there was there there were three birds in there there was a uh bird i, I think, was in like three I think hours Catman earlier. actually killed mine he was there a spitting drumming bird yeah, so we we actually gave gave them names, and there was there was three birds in there that we like within a three hundred yard radius, I guess, and uh, uh, we set up on one, and he was spitting and drumming like crazy. We have video of it, and neither one of us killed that bird. <clears throat> and then I I, uh, I crawled on that bird, uh, that field bird. Uh, couple hours later i guess and then the next day uh catman got on one but uh i mean i mean we're talking public land like anytime you can get in there and and execute and put yourself in a situation have the experience of spitting and drumming gobbling the whole shebang thinking amazing it's what it's all about dude and adrian man when i brought you on i failed to like give your entire name and I failed to tell, you know, the audience listening how to find you. This is Adrian Wilson. Can you, you know, give the audience a way to find you on Instagram or any other places you might want them to, to connect with you? Sure. Uh, so I'm a big eight sports on Instagram. Uh, I do a little work with tethered and uh, fleet outdoors. So, uh, Always, always looking for a good time in the outdoors, uh, whether it's uh, hunting or just nature uh, inclined. So, um, Parker and Adam have all that nailed down. So, 
just just uh, happy to be a part of uh, the podcast and what you guys are preaching. Man, we appreciate you coming on. Truly appreciate it, sir. Appreciate you guys, Adam Parker. Let's hook up some boys. Parker, man, that I know that was a lot of work. We had like three different episodes over four or five recordings. But that was a lot of fun, man. We had like three individuals that are just like good guys um, that I think probably put ethics first and just being good human beings uh, above everything else, right? So that was a lot of fun. Yeah, and after after the whole show, I realized we actually did get three really good dudes that would always make the right decision. I think yeah. maybe next time we should, we should find <laughs> – like the one guy that you probably know in your group that always is going to make the bad decision and just say like, Hey, you're going to be our, you're going to be our, our punching bag on this yeah. episode. We're going to talk about you on our, on our outro. We're going to say, all right, you know, Zach, Adrian and Brody, they were like great guys, but this one dude, <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. The example of what you don't want to be. No, but these guys, they were all, man, I, I, I felt like, one one common theme that that I see with the people that are like this is it always works out better more to their advantage like like Zach's Zach's interview he talked about um kind of having a negative interaction and then went off and killed a bird right yeah. like killed a bird that day sometimes sometimes hunter pressure and and you know you have this game plan you want to be in this one spot whenever somebody is in there sometimes making the move is the best decision and so yeah. That's why I always I always feel like I, I joke about it a lot. I say it's in God's hands now, right? Or let the spirit <laughs> yeah. lead you. But really it it that's kind of what it is. Like everybody has those stories. When everything's going wrong, it always seems like that's the day that it all comes together. And it's because you you it forces you to get out of your box and get out of your comfort zone. That's the only thing. I think if we would do that more on a regular basis, yeah. get out of our comfort zone, sometimes these interactions, these public land somebody's at the trailhead that you wanted to be at whatever sometimes that's that's what it takes to force you into those good spots you know and so i i'm i really hope people enjoyed this uh but more than that i hope that i hope it has some influence and impact in the way that people hunt the future yeah i i mean i'm i'm with you like that last point you just made if we can encourage others to treat each other with more respect out there in the woods, like I think that'll go a long way just for turkey hunting culture overall. I don't care if you're reaping, if you're using decoys, or if you're just out there with your shotgun and flannel on, like let's treat each other like the way that you want to be treated. And I think that's going to go a long way, man. So um, overall, I, I my goal out of this is just everyone walks away and, and treats each other one, uh, treats each other one treat, man. I can't get that one out. Treats everyone the way they want to be treated. The, the old golden rule. I was on repeat. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you though, man. I, I, I think that's the thing. Like, that's it. Like treat each other with respect and yeah. you will, you will like, you will see benefit from it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I can promise. Good stuff, man. Well, I appreciate it. And uh, go out there and go find me some turkeys to kill this weekend. How about that? Hey, we're going to try. I'm going to be selling. I'm going to be selling pins. We got three days to scout uh, <laughs> just because our plan didn't really work out all that well. The, the original plan was to go hunt private land 
in South Florida that's open right now, but that kind of like fell through yeah. last minute, like last minute. So now we're, we scrambled and you know what? I'm pumped up. We got three days to scout. That's going to put us in a really good spot this weekend. Yeah. So excited. Did I, did I hear you say that's going to put me like Adam in a really good spot? I said, <laughs> literally. Us. Oh, uh, oh us, you're yes, included. Yeah. I just want to make sure I'm included in us. <laughs> I'm just yeah, trying man. to submit myself. Uh, a wise man once told me everything has a price. So, <laughs> hey, brother, I hear that for sure. Man, this was fun. This is a lot of fun, Parker. Let's, uh, yeah, all right. I'll see you this weekend, brother. Sounds good. Hey, man, uh, to all the listeners, thanks again for listening to the podcast, right? Like, this is a new thing for us. Yep. We're excited about it. Um, but like, I'm I'm really, really, truly appreciative of every person that's turned on this thing. It, it gives us the motivation to uh, to keep it going. I'm excited about this turkey season, kind of seeing where this thing goes. Absolutely, tell your buddies about it while they're uh, driving to their spot. Turn on limb hanger. Let's listen. Absolutely. Gobble gobble. Hey, thanks for listening to the Limb Hanger Turkey Hunting Podcast. Hope you tune in next week for another great conversation about our favorite bird in the woods as the wild turkey. We'll talk to you guys next week.